There are several traditions around the world that still refer to this Saturday on Easter weekend as Holy Saturday. It's a time of waiting. It's a time of anticipation as people wait for Easter Sunday. But it's also that time as we try to place ourselves 2,000 years ago, we try to get into the minds and the hearts of those disciples. In their minds, Jesus was dead. In their minds, their future, whatever it may have held, was over. Indeed, they must have been waiting for good news. They had to know. Would it be good news for them? Let's hear from the Gospel of John, chapter 19. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took his body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about seventy-five pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Most people I know in their own way are just kind of waiting today. Some traditions call this day Holy Saturday, the Saturday of Easter weekend. But most of us aren't really sure what it is we're supposed to do. Those of us who were raised in a, a, a church or a Christian tradition uh, or have been uh, faithful followers of Jesus, we know the resurrection is coming, but we're not sure what to do with this Holy Saturday. A friend of mine refers to this day as the long, empty day. The long, quiet, empty day. And it must have been that kind of day for Jesus' closest friends. Wendy shared uh, a moment ago um, from, well, it's almost the end of the Gospel of John. Uh, it is the end of the 19th chapter. And it's, 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 it kind of goes like this. Two secret admirers of Jesus show up. They ask Pilate for Jesus' body. And they very quietly and I'm sure lovingly and carefully wrap his body in, in, in uh strips of linen and spices, and they lay his body gently and lovingly in a, in a grave, a beautiful grave. And then they take the heavy stone and they roll it, and they cover up the entrance. And then what? What did they do? Did they go home? Was it over for them? Was their day long and empty and quiet? Did they go home and start planning uh, Easter dinner? Did they go home and start making plans for the beautiful, uh, uh, um, lively resurrection that would happen on that third day where the sun would rise and the chairs would come out and the pastor would hook up the portable sound system and get out his guitar and everybody would have a great time? Or was it a 
lot more quiet than that. You know, I think it was a lot more quiet than that. If we look in just another part of the Bible in the Gospel of Luke, Luke's version of, we would say it's Luke's version of the resurrection story. It's very interesting. The ladies, they went to the tomb. They didn't find Jesus, and they went back to tell the men. They went back to tell the men about the resurrection. And the way Luke puts it is, the men said it must be an idle tale. An idle tale. Another Bible said, when they heard what the women said, they believed that it was nonsense. I had a professor in uh, Duke Seminary here uh, 28 years ago. I remember him saying that we live on this side of the resurrection. Let me say that again. He was telling his students, remember, you live on this side of the resurrection. And that means every time you read this story in the Bible, you read into it that Sunday's coming, Easter Sunday's coming, the resurrection, the glorious Easter is coming. You read that into this story, but that's not what they knew. Obviously, there were people there, I think. Uh, you know, they were there. There were they. There were people, there were disciples, there were followers of Jesus that knew in their hearts that something marvelous would happen. They, After all, they'd seen him raise Lazarus from the dead. He told them that he would be raised on the third day. But I wonder if they were quiet admirers as well. They knew in their hearts, they felt it in their hearts, but they really didn't want to share it with anyone in case it really didn't come true. Whether this day for you was Holy Saturday or whether it's just a long, quiet, empty day, doesn't matter how you describe this day. We're all waiting for something. We're waiting for this, this time of isolation to be over. We're waiting to be with our friends again. We're waiting to be able to go out and do things. We're waiting to, to be able to be around people without being concerned about how close we are to them. We're waiting so that we can leave the house and, and not um, catch ourselves and say, oh no, I forgot my mask at home. What do you suppose was going on with those first disciples? Some of them rolled the big heavy stone against the entrance of the tomb. And when the others heard this, the, the, the news of the, of the resurrection, they believed it was an idle tale. What are we waiting for? What are you waiting for today? I think we're all waiting for marvelous good news. We all know it's coming, but we're almost afraid to share it in case it doesn't come through. What are you waiting for? Oh God, bless us, guide us, walk beside us, walk behind us, walk in front of us, hold on to us tightly, guide us to pray for the world, for our, our health workers, for our friends. Oh God, help us to wait with expectation, with anticipation, especially during this long, empty day. This day that's filled with your gracious and glorious love. Amen and amen.